Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest is now a former contestant of the CBS television show Big Brother. He was a house guest on this season and came in fourth place on the show. He was one of America's favorite players from this season. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome onto this week's episode of Ambitious. The one, the only, Clifford Hogg. Cliff, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing all right, Dylan. I appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. So how has it been trying to readjust to everyday life post-Big Brother? Wow. You know, it's interesting. Uh, just knowing that I can sleep without cameras on me, knowing that I'm not mic'd up 24 hours a day, uh, it feels like freedom. I, I enjoyed being in the house. It was a fantastic experience, but certainly... Uh, being stuck in there uh, for such a long period of time had its uh, <laughs> had its stressful moments. So yeah, it's kind of nice just being here and, and having a little bit more freedom to, to do what I need to and what I want to do. Now it's almost surreal, kind of talking to you now after watching you throughout the summer on the show. How do you feel now that you're out of the house, almost having a deeper appreciation for the show? Maybe. Oh, absolutely. I've been a fan since oh, 2006 or so, season eight. And so I, I've watched it, and my wife and I, we've watched the live feed, so, so we've always been big fans. But now that I've done the show, and I understand so much more about what's involved with it, uh, understanding the, the stresses and just the 24-7 environment and, and what that does, uh, I, I always tell people I was a fan long before I went on the show, and starting next summer, I'll be a fan again. But yeah, when I watch the uh, season 22, I'm going to have a whole new appreciation uh, just little things like the fact that there's so much downtime in that house. Uh, when you watch it on TV, you see the the HOH competitions, the vetoes, the nominations, and everything that goes on. But what I never really realized was that we've got a lot of days where there's absolutely nothing that goes on when we're locked in that house. And, and all we have to do is, is talk to one another and, and get paranoid and... and worried about who's talking to other people when you aren't in the room. So, yeah, the downtime and just so much more that goes into it uh, is something I have a whole new appreciation for. Now, being on the show, do you feel almost as if you, as a fan now, we're going to, are almost going to, like, get more passionate about the moves that people make? Like, if someone were to... Uh, not to throw shade, but take a showman's to the Final Four, do you think that would almost anger you more now as someone who's made those moves and made those decisions? Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to anger me more. I think it's actually just the opposite. I uh, I go watch the past seasons. There were moves that I was critical of and said, oh, I don't get what you do that and all that. And, and there's two things. One, I I have a better understanding now for, uh, for what it's like to be in a house where you know that everyone is conspiring and trying to play their own game, and yet you have very limited information uh, you're being lied to by some people. Other people are telling the truth, but there's no way to, to tell one from the other. So I think I'm much more appreciative of the difficulties of making any decision within that house. So in the past where I may have criticized people, I think going forward I'm going to say, hey, I may not have agreed with that, but, but I understand why why that person may have may have gone that direction. So, yeah, I think, I, uh, I, I think I'll be much more understanding. Now, the other part of it as well is, because I've been in the house like I have, I think going forward, uh, I will have a better uh, a better understanding of some of what's gone into uh, to the uh, to the decisions that are being made and some of the strategies and things like that. Also, now, Mister Hogg, there's a lot to unravel with you with this season. You uh, <laughs> you made some very very good moves. You made some bad moves, and there was also a lot of. Um, other perspectives and point of views from this season, from the live feeders, from some of the controversy, which we can get into slightly a little bit. You were not involved with a lot of it, so I won't bring up too much of it with you, but with this season. So, with that said, just starting from the top, what do you feel your biggest move overall in this game was? Well, I think it has to be day 30 when I actually got evicted from the house and, uh, on a blind side, in fact, I didn't think I was the one that was going out the door and got evicted and then turned around just a few minutes later and, and had to battle my way back into the house. And then just uh, an hour or so later, won the HOH competition and actually had a chance to 
take control of the game a little bit. Uh, before that point, I felt like I had just been fighting for survival day to day. Once I got to the HOH, I actually got to to control and, and steer the direction of the game just a little bit more. Now, you were almost a opposite of what ultimately won the season of Comp Beast, but you were a deal maker. You were someone who was able to finagle and use your leverage in ways to make deals with other people to guarantee not only your safety, but in some cases, Nicole's safety as well. How do you feel that that strategy made you get as far as you did in the game? No, I, I think it worked, and, and I knew coming into this game that I, I'm 54 years old, I'm not in the best physical shape. I knew that I wasn't going to be a competition beast, especially on the physical challenges. So I knew it was going to be a lot more my social game that was going to uh, hopefully carry me through. And I told a lot of people that I felt like, as far as how I was going to do in the game, that I thought I would probably either go home first or second week, or I would stay until close to the very end. Uh, because I felt like if I could just survive for those first couple of weeks, start making some deals, uh, it would carry me through until towards the end where maybe I would be viewed as a threat and uh, and just limited targets and, and the game would change up at that point. But, yeah, I absolutely knew that that I had to make deals. And really the first, I don't know, first third of the game was all about me just trying to survive um, staying off the block, which didn't work that well, but at least surviving even if I was on the block. Uh, and then from that point on, it was it was much more about trying to make deals and figuring out ways, figuring out the other groups and alliances and ways that I could either get in with those groups or at least stay off the radar for them as much as possible. Sometimes I, I did that well, other weeks not so much. Now, one thing I don't know if you've had the chance to see yet or if anyone's mentioned to you yet is I just kind of reflecting on the note of earlier about your blind side and everything as well is it wasn't necessarily without reason. And one thing you did that as someone who later on in the season became more of a live feeder and everything as well, you talked to the live feeders, you kind of discussed your strategy, discussed your plans, talked to your wife, or your kids, everything. You were very open with your game plan and everything as well. And... When Christy heard that, this did get reiterated to the other house guests. Did you know this, and is that something that you understood jeopardized your game in that sense? Yeah, I, I didn't know it at the time, and it, it's funny. Because I've been a fan for so long, and I've watched these these live feeds, I always would look at people talking to, to each other or even talk to cameras and thinking, gosh, I wonder what's going through their mind and just what, what's going on right now. So... Yeah, I kind of uh, went in and, and did those uh, those little morning sessions just because I knew that my, my wife, family, friends are watching, but even just the, the more casual fans that maybe were would be interested in, in the day-to-day, what's going through someone's mind that's in that house. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of backfired on me. I was used to getting up early in the morning and didn't realize at the time just how paper-thin some of those doors are and, and that... They don't block out a lot of sound. The one thing that, that did help me, I think, and I didn't find out till I don't know, a few days later, uh, Nicole had found out, and then she passed the word on to me. The one thing that I, I think helped was the fact that it was early enough in the game that I didn't have a whole lot of, of really detailed strategies at the time. I know Christy, the main thing that she caught from the conversation was that I had already identified that there was this alliance of eight people in the house and that she and, and Tommy were kind of a duo that was that was part of the alliance also uh, so that um, yeah that certainly hurt me and, and made me a, a bit of a target it changed my strategy a little bit because once that occurred uh, as part of damage control I tried to go out of my way and talking to them and saying look I didn't say I was targeting specific people all I did was mention that, that I'd seen that y'all are working closely together and uh, I actually took that even a step further and, and talked to Tommy once or twice and a few others and was fairly open with my strategy uh, as part of the damage control by saying, look, I'm not targeting any of y'all. I'm not actively coming after any of y'all. A group that big, I know eventually it can't last forever, and I'm more than happy. I'm just trying to survive. Eventually when, when the group breaks up, then I'll, I'll see what happens. And So, yeah, it kind of turned into a situation where – 
I would tell people exactly what I was trying to do to some degree uh, and let them know that I was kind of being upfront about where I was and what I was trying to do with it. In, in some ways, I also think being overheard, as much as it hurt me, uh, in, in a little bit of a way, it also helped me because after Mickey had heard what had happened, that Christy had overheard me, I know he came down at least one more time before I realized what was going on. And he listened to me talking to the cameras as well in that boat room. And he heard me saying how much you know I thought that Mickey was a strong competitor and I'd like to work with them and hopefully they would be up for, for an alliance of some sort. And so I think it gave Mickey some confidence that, that I really did want to work with them and it wasn't just a matter of me blowing smoke or anything like that so so in some ways maybe that pulled us together a little bit easier in the beginning also now it did jeopardize your game in that sense and you did have to battle back and also nicole made a mistake as well early on in the game with everything that happened with bella and she didn't really i don't know how much you've had a chance to watch any of the film or anything from the season at all yet but she really didn't make any mistakes she didn't do anything wrong Bella did dramatize the situation heavily and made it look very bad for Nicole um you and Nicole both had your games in jeopardy multiple times throughout the game and the fact that you guys were able to survive as long as you did was very admirable but ultimately I do want to circle back to a lot of stuff from that's happened before this but you guys do get to final four and everything happens with the Tommy situation. What kind of, and I know you've had to answer this multiple times now, so you don't have to go too in-depth into it. What kind of was going through your head when you ultimately decided that Tommy was the better choice to evict rather than Holly? Well, yeah, we went back and forth on that. And uh, first of all, you mentioned watching everything. I have not watched any of the episodes back or any of the live feeds. Uh, I've had friends and family have told me a few things. I, you know, I know Mickey, for example, overheard that conversation that Nicole and I were having with Tommy. So I know a few of the highlights, but I haven't watched it yet. Uh, still a little too fresh. I'll do that somewhere down the road. But with regards to, to Tommy versus Holly, uh, Nicole and I were bouncing back and forth on that right up until, well, after the, the live show had even started. A uh, couple of things we had done. One is that uh, I, I had told Nicole that, if either one of us voted to keep Holly, then Mickey would break the tie and Holly would stay. So we wanted to make sure that whichever way we decided, we were in agreement and it was going to be a 2-0 vote either to evict Holly or Tommy. We weren't going to split the vote and end up with someone getting thrown under the bus. Uh, the other thing I told Nicole was because she is the one that had, who had won the veto, I felt like that was kind of a tiebreaker in our situation. So. If she decided to go one way versus the other, then, then I would go along with her. Uh, but at the end, it really was both of us going back and forth. And uh, as you know, eventually we chose to, to evict Tommy. And there were a few reasons behind that. One of them was that both of us, and I think everyone in the house, was really expecting to have a lot more mental competitions towards the end of this game instead of physical competition. And that turned out not to be the case. But we really thought there was going to be a lot of mental uh, dealing with days that events happened, the, the face swap, the face scramble, things like that. And I was extremely worried about competing against both Tommy with his strength and memory competitions and mental competitions, and also having Mickey with his physical prowess, you know, how good he was at those type of things. Having both of them in a Final Four made me feel that, that regardless of what type of competition was going on, we had a very strong threat in front of us, as opposed to if we sent Tommy home, and I didn't think that Mickey and, and Holly would be as strong on the mental competitions, uh, which we were, were expecting would happen. Uh, another thing that had happened is we had just heard about uh, this Tommy-Christie connection. Uh, he had told Mickey and Holly, I guess, a little bit earlier, but uh, Chris, uh, but, uh Nicole and I had just found out uh, that Tommy and Christy had this this connection. Uh, Tommy just said they, they knew each other and didn't give me more details, but then Mickey went into a lot more detail about just how tight the relationship was, that they'd spent holidays together, gone to concerts, things like that. And it really worried uh, Nicole and I both that uh, that if Tommy was able to make it to the, uh, to the final two, two that having someone so close to him on the jury 
who could possibly swing the rest of the jury to vote for him that, that we did not want to have Tommy in a final two uh, just because of that. Uh, I also had worries uh, as well, and Nicole also, I think, that Tommy and Mickey had been working uh, together and maybe had a much tighter relationship than, than they were portraying. Uh, I, I did find out later that Tommy and Christy and Mickey and Holly did have an alliance, a Final Four type situation also. Uh, and I also had noticed, I started getting really nervous about it during the hide-and-go veto competition because I had told Mickey uh, basically where my veto was hidden before we started, and he had told me where he was going to hide his. And yet he still went and found my veto and allowed Tommy to win instead of myself. And that made me very suspicious about what was going on, that he would he would basically choose Tommy or I over myself when it came to veto competitions. Uh, Nicole had seen also before BB Comics him giving thumbs up to Tommy when, when everyone had completed it, and it seemed like they were on fairly good terms at that point. So I was worried that there were things going on between Mickey and Tommy that, that would potentially impact uh, both Nicole and myself. And... Really, at the end, Dylan, it, it came down to, to trying to make a decision about who did we think would be the best final three that we could possibly have going forward. And it seemed like that would be Nicole, myself, and Holly. Uh, and, of course, Mickey already had safety. He was HOH, so we couldn't do anything to him that week. Uh, if it was choosing between Tommy and Mickey, uh, then we would have sent Mickey out the door every single time. But with Holly... Our dream final three was Nicole, myself, and Holly, and we were hoping that by keeping her, getting rid of Tommy, that if it was a mental competition, either her or myself uh, could defeat Mickey, and, and then we'd be able to uh, to go forward to that final three that we wanted. Now, one thing you did mention is that you didn't know that Christy and Tommy knew each other, and something that a lot of people outside the house heard about, and a lot more live feeders than casuals was, and I really don't know how much you're allowed to answer this question or if you even heard it but somebody went outside with a speaker outside of the house however close they could get and there's a recording of it on twitter somewhere and i think youtube if you can find it uh and played a snippet of the show in which christy stated i know tommy i know him from the past and i know like that we know each other and it was like i believe it went like tommy knowing tommy in this house could be a great thing for my game or a terrible thing for my game and basically stated right from the start from the first episode that they knew each other and they put the clip in and said like christy and tommy know each other and it was played outside the house did you did anyone hear it i know that the feeds were cut off right after it aired and because I don't know the whole situation and if you're even allowed to talk about it, but how much to an extent was it prominent? Yeah, I know, I know it's already been discussed, so I can talk about it a little bit. But uh, I, Nicole and I were outside. I was talking to Tommy. Nicole was on the hammock. We heard a very small bit of that. I didn't hear anything from actual dis- Christy saying anything. It was a very distorted voice that I heard saying something about Christy and Tommy knowing each other and I think maybe being in business together. And, and that's all we heard before the lockdown occurred. Uh, we went inside, and so I had I never heard Christy's voice. Uh, again, it was very distorted. Uh, you could make out a little bit here and there, just maybe the first 15, 20 seconds before, before it was locked down and we went inside. Uh, and so as soon as that happened, we went inside. Uh, Nicole and I immediately said, we are not going to let an outside person tamper, influence the game uh, like this. So we aren't going to say a word to any of the other house guests. Uh, and we told Tommy the same thing. Said this is this is a non, and nothing was heard. No one's going to discuss anything. We're not going to let it affect the, the decision making in the game. And that was basically it. And I never said Nicole and I, neither one, ever said a word to a single person in that house about it. You know, part of it, as I said, it felt like it was an attack, almost someone from outside attacking a family member. Uh, I've, I've been a big fan. I respect this game. The decisions have to be made based on on what happens inside that house. It, it can't be tampered with like that. And so I was very upset that, that someone was trying to kind of screw with, with all of our games. Uh, the other part with it was 
you know, someone was saying that, but we had no way of knowing whether that was true or it was someone who was, I think on that, during that week, it was Christy and, and Annalise on the block. Uh, for all I knew, it was an Annalise fan that was just trying to put false information out in order to send Christy home and protect Annalise. So even if we had chosen to act on it, we had no way of knowing whether it was valid information or something that was completely made up. So uh, we just chose to, to ignore it completely, and I'm still upset that someone tried to do that. Now, the fact that Christy and Tommy knew each other, and eventually Tommy did spill the beans and, and tell me, that concerns me as well. I'm a little disappointed that that, that happened in this game because certainly it affected our decision at that final five about how who we were going to send home, and uh, it certainly could have could have impacted a whole lot of the game if he made it to final two as well, having that previous connection. And it, it wasn't even just Tommy and Christy, but even Holly and Kat, and uh, yeah, it was kind of worrisome that, that there were so many people that seemed to know each other this season in this game. It was an interesting wrinkle, like especially for the viewers as well, but I do completely understand your perspective on not wanting to let someone tamper with the game outside of it. And when you did find out about Tommy and Christy knowing each other, was it almost like a like aha moment because you had heard the speaker thing in the past? Yeah, or- it, uh, it was fun. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it was, uh, as soon as I heard that, oh my gosh, it, it was true. And uh, um, I don't know, I wasn't so worried about what was said when we heard that because uh, again I didn't want to influence the game and uh, just the fact it was confirmed I, I think my, my first thought was just geez how, how has this happened uh, I don't need two people that are so tight with each other uh, affecting my game now fortunately uh, Christy had already been uh, evicted uh, just before that but I guarantee if, uh, if I'd known that Christy and Tommy were that tight uh it would have concerned me from from day one, and it, it certainly would have made both of them so much bigger targets. So, uh, yeah, it was it was difficult. Yeah, there have been seasons in the past where people came in knowing each other, and and perhaps once or twice. It, it, I'm trying to remember if there was once where it was a secret, but it was always built into the game as part of an official twist to have these prior relationships happen and not be part of a twist, but just people who you know who just happen to know each other. Uh, it's pretty amazing considering how many thousands and thousands of people try out for this show. And it was almost like, especially a lot of live feeders were very ticked off about it, but it was almost like it was an advantage for them in a way because, um, yes, they did have that wrinkle of, yeah, there could have been drama because it was Christie's, um, it was Tommy's sister that Christie dated, and yeah, there could have been drama, but immediately they one of the first days in the house had shown that they immediately agreed, we're not going to tell anybody about this. This is going to be something that we can use to our advantage. And it was almost like it went from CBS maybe trying to plant that in there as like a wrinkle that could have had drama to it turned into an alliance that they could not have foreseen happening. And almost the same thing with Kat and Holly, where that might have just been a coincidence because they really aren't as close as I think it may have been portrayed. I don't know how it was portrayed within the house, but according to both of them, it wasn't. They weren't as close as it seemed, yeah, but they were weird wrinkles. Yeah, and, and that may be true, but I also know that uh, just having that connection from day one is so important. And I know that Holly and Kat, uh, because of that, I think we're, we're able to immediately figure out some strategies about how they were going to play the game, knowing each other was in the house. I promise if I'd been in there day one and I had someone that, that I was close to in the house as well that I knew I could rely on that had my back, it would have made the initial part of that game so much better and, and so much more advantageous for myself. Now, while we are talking about some stuff with um, the stuff I don't know how much you do want to get into, but... This season may be tainted in the sense of, for a bulk of you, for maybe 12 out of the 16 of you, I'd say, estimating, um, you guys walked out, no real drama aside from anything being asked of you guys, but for Mickey, for Jack, for Christy, for Nick a little bit, coming out of the house is going to be something that even now a few weeks out is going to take some adjusting to because especially in Mickey, Jack and Christie's case, they were not people that America was very fond of. 
um, a lot of people, especially on Twitter, are hard on them. And Christy was someone that people... I don't know how much she really said. I didn't see a lot of it. But especially in Mickey and Jack's case, they said some stuff that wasn't right to probably say on national television. But you're in a house for 24-7 for 100 days straight. What kind of is your take on that whole situation? However much you want to get into it, I completely understand. Yeah, no, I, and I'll discuss as much as you want. I uh, Because I was in the house for so long, I didn't know any of this really until a little bit of it came up during the jury roundtable. And then certainly during finale night, it was it was brought up as well. Uh, but yeah, it's really disappointing to me that that we have kind of that 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 cloud over the season is that we the season's a little bit more soured uh, because of that. I was not aware while I was inside the house uh, about these comments that had been made. Uh, I did know that Mickey at one point had been, I guess called out by production or called to the diary room and talked to about something that had occurred. Uh, but I never knew what it was. And because of the rules in the house, he wasn't allowed to discuss it. And, and I didn't ask him about it. Uh, at the time, I knew he was concerned. I, I thought it had more to do with something that maybe it had occurred outside the house uh, prior to being in because he seemed very concerned about uh, his his outside life and, and how fans were receiving him. And we got a little bit of a taste for that when they had the America's Shield trip and suddenly uh, Jackson and Christy were both selected uh, along with Annalise. And we weren't certain at the time whether getting picked was good or bad, but with Jackson talking about how much he didn't think he was probably being well-received outside the house, it led us to conclude that probably those three had been picked for, for not good reasons. So, yeah, I, I was a little bit concerned about that. Now that I've heard some of the comments that were made, uh, it's incredibly disappointing. Yes, it is a 24-7 type situation, and uh, and some people, you know, sometimes people say things that uh, it's meant to be a bit of a joke that uh, is not taken that way. Um and sometimes there's things that are said that are just way over the line as well. And uh, it certainly sounds like a few of those were, were way over the line. And, yeah, that disappoints me. Now, also another, like, wrinkle within that was um, Mickey. And I don't want to speculate a lot, but there was stuff that yeah. came out about Mickey's outside life. Yes, as you kind of expected i don't know how much you've heard about it there was some stuff that came out about mickey's outside life while he was within the house that um didn't portray him the best already within casual and live feed viewers and it was definitely something that there was outrage there was actually even a petition for jack and mickey to get evicted from the house because of some of the comments they've made and past stuff and it was definitely something that made the season a little more sketchy um in that sense but um was were there apologies, or at least in Jack's case, did they seem real to you as someone sitting next to all of them on the jury? Uh, you know, it's tough to say because at the time I wasn't sure just what all had occurred. Uh, it seemed to me the finale that, that Jack's apology was, was heartfelt, um, but I was so limited in the information I had at the time and, and what had occurred and when it had occurred. Uh, I was just kind of, I think, uh, open mouth and, and kind of surprised to even hear specifics at the time. Um, I hope it was heartfelt. I hope it was sincere. And you know, I hope that, that everyone in that house who, uh, who had situations like that and, and said things that were not appropriate, uh, that that the apologies are heartfelt and, and that the regrets are real. I have not talked to them since we got out. We had a wrap party the, the night after uh, the um, uh, the finale, and so I saw most of the, the house guests, but it was loud and, and lots of people there. And So I really haven't had discussions with any of them uh, about the specifics uh, and what they're feeling and everything else. But again... I hope the apologies were sincere and heartfelt, and I hope the regrets are real also. And I do hope, especially for someone like you who was on the season who really didn't do a lot, um, 
that could have anything that could have been really justified as wrong or bad. But for a lot of the house guests that really didn't do anything wrong throughout the season, I hope that this season isn't tainted because of that. But it seems as though, especially because Jackson was the winner, that the cloud of, you know, the allegations and everything will be hidden over the season for future. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. It was, uh, it was, it was unfortunate. And, uh, it was beyond unfortunate. I mean, things said that, that shouldn't have been said, and uh, uh, people, you know, you, you can't go back and, and take back when, when you're on record 24-7, and uh, um, I hope for most people that uh, that an apology and, and sincere regret uh, suffices, and, and and that going forward, even if, if there is a little bit of cloud over it, I hope also that the game itself and the gameplay and all still Um, another thing that was brought up by live feeders throughout the season, and it does pertain to you in a sense, is um, I did not feel this way. I know there's a bulk of the audience that did not feel this way, but some live feeders said that you seemed as though you were pandering to become America's favorite player. Do you think this is something that you did do inadvertently, and is this maybe because you are, and speaking with you, it's obvious, a naturally exuberant, or exuberant and likable person? Yeah, now, it wasn't intentional, uh... There, there's a couple of things that came into play. One is I talked about the fees a lot. I've I, I, I've got a family at home, and even when I traveled internationally, I didn't go more than a day or two without talking to to my wife and letting letting her know what was going on. So being in that house uh, and not having her with me was was a very difficult experience for me. I think it was made even more difficult by the fact that. I'm 54 years old. Everyone else in that house, for the most part, is in their 20s. And so there was a little bit more distance. Even though I tried to fit in as best I could, there was still some distance just because of the generational gap. Uh, and, and so I felt a little more isolated, a little more alone at times. And and that is a, that is a high-stress environment situation in that house as well. And so for me, just talking to the cameras, and knowing that my wife was watching the live feeds, that my wife and kids and family were all watching, that was just a way for me to to try to continue to communicate with them and, and make sure they understood how much I was thinking about them and how much I was missing uh, missing them. So that was absolutely sincere. There was there was no pandering whatsoever. The other part of it, as I mentioned uh, before, is, is I'm a huge fan, and I've spent so many seasons watching the live feeds and and thinking, gosh, if I could just ask that guy that's sitting there on that camera, just ask him five minutes worth of questions, it would be really cool to see what's going through his mind. And so with that in mind, I was talking to the cameras, just to the fans out there, just to try to try to give to them what I, as a, as a live feeder, always thought would be really cool to have in the house. And then the third thing is we basically only had two, two days a week where we were able to be outdoors. The rest of the time we were locked inside. We had a lot of downtime. And it was incredibly boring for extended periods of time in that house. And so as a result, I was trying to do anything I could uh, to, to stay busy, to have some fun in the house. Uh, so that meant dancing around and doing a lot more things in front of the camera just to, to, to waste some time, uh, but also inside the house playing pranks on people and, and just doing whatever I could to keep my mind occupied. Well, Cliff, you did come off as a great guy, and that is something that uh, nobody can take away from you. And you did come in the America's top favorite players, and you great guy, and any of the people that say otherwise are the pandering just kind of are people who maybe shouldn't have their perspectives shown, but kind of shifting away from all that stuff. I do want to play a little bit of a game here in a sense of, um, if you're down for this, I wanted to give each name of all 15 other house guests and just one thing one word or thing that comes to mind when i say their name does that sound like okay, something? sure uh starting right with your alliance mate nicole uh wonderful wonderful ovi um ovi I- i'm trying to go on word. uh ovi didn't get a chance uh uh Gone too soon. I know that's more than 
one word, but I, I would have loved him to see play longer than he did. Uh, David. David. Uh, competitor. Kemi. Um, Bella. Uh, Bella. Bella. Um, aggressive. Sam. Now, let me, let me try again. Uh, uh Bella, I, she was, she wasn't a, a lot of experience in the game, so I'll say, uh, unaware. Unaware? Alright. Um, Sam? Uh, <laughs> Nick. Uh, friendly. Mickey. Uh, Mickey. Uh, oh, so many words you could say about Mickey. Uh, Mickey. Um, sneaky. Sneaky. Uh, Jack. Uh, physical. Holly. No. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's like Jack. Uh, Holly. Holly, uh... Holly, Holly. Integrity. Tommy. <laughs> Energy. Christy. I know I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, oh, Annalise. Annalise. Uh, innocent. Are there any of these you would like to elaborate on any further? Yeah, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think some of them. Uh, David. Uh, David was incredible. He had been out of that house, but he came back in uh, and immediately knew the names of, of everyone in that house. And, and what our professions were. And then I watched him outside working out with Jack and it became obvious that he was, he was very much a, a physical competition, a physical uh, competitor. Uh, so he was, uh, that's why I use the word competitor with him. He seemed to have it going on both mental and physical and that certainly worried me. Um, Jackson, I think I said sneaky. If yes. I had more words to throw in, I, I'd probably say Jekyll and Hyde. There were times that he seemed very friendly and sincere. There were times where he seemed very much uh, uh, kind of a jerky guy and, and someone that was very, very nervous about stuff. But, um, you know, he, he was very much Jekyll and Hyde. I wasn't sure which, uh, at times I wasn't sure which one was the true Mickey. He was, and I say jerky, really is more just uh, he was uh, sometimes a little quick-tempered and, and very aggressive going after people and other times very friendly and sincere. So a little bit of each. I completely, um, I completely agree with that one. The we'll you who else? Uh, Tommy. Tommy was funny because Tommy and I were going after each other. It seemed like a, pretty much the whole game, but it was done very much out of respect. I, I think he recognized myself as a threat. I recognized him as a threat, uh, but, but there was full respect to it. I love that guy. You know, I came into this house because I've worked all over the world. I've worked with so many different people, different types of people. And I saw the Big Brother experience as kind of being a microcosm of that. And the idea that that someone like myself, uh, an old guy from Texas, 54, could come in and meet someone like Tommy, uh, a Broadway dancer, uh, so full of energy and everything as he was, uh, I just really enjoyed hanging around with Tommy and, and getting to know him better. Now, one thing that caught my eyes, and if there's more you want to elaborate on, we can, was you said Kemi was distant. How so? Yeah, and it was just a matter of uh, when when we were first banished from the house, obviously it was, it was Kemi and David and, and Jess and myself. And when we came back in, uh, I, I think the same day, I had talked to, uh, to Kemi and Jess both about now, obviously, we're kind of on the bottom of this thing that, that we were we were all targeted. You know, 
see if we can maybe work together and, and watch each other's back a little bit. And they both said yes at the time, but nothing really ever came of it. I uh, never really got a lot of game discussion uh, from Kimmy uh, during those first couple of weeks when she was in the house. And um, that was, you know, I, I think uh, to some degree a lot of us were trying to, to stay in good with, with the main group uh, as well. And, you know, it, uh, Jack at one point had basically forbidden anyone from talking to the people once they were in camp comeback, which I thought was was not a good thing at all. But uh, Kimmy and I just never really talked a lot of uh, game uh, in those early weeks, and and you know that that's a little unfortunate. We may have been able to do something differently if we we done more of that. Now, the only other thing that really stood out to me with your um, descriptions of everyone was Annalise with Innocent, because that is something that a lot of people um, observed throughout the season. It was not just you. A lot of the casual viewers and live feeders all kind of agreed. She almost didn't seem like she knew what was going on within the house. And all respect to her, she did play a pretty solid game. She made it far. But it almost seemed like she like was, as you said, innocent to the situations that were going on. Well, and that could be, and and unfortunately, I'm probably not the best person to speak on that because being outside that group of eight and then the group of six, I also was was unaware of what was going on. So I'm not sure just how much contribution she was making uh, or not making uh, from from a day day to day standpoint. Because she never won any competitions, I didn't really ever get a chance to see how she would have operated in terms of nominations and targeting and how aggressive or, or not she may have been. Uh, but I think she played a, a fantastic social game. She uh, she was able to, to get in uh, to that alliance. She was able to latch on to some, some powerful people. And uh, I had talked to her several times. And you know, because she had told me that even though she was attached to Jack, for example, that she was playing her own game. And and so I tried to go out of my way and make sure that she understood that I did recognize that, that she was playing her own game also and have conversations just with her and not make assumptions that she was agreeing with everything else that was happening with the rest of the, the eight. Uh, but, yeah, I never uh, – I just never got really a, a good view of, of – what she was doing in the game, other than the fact that she did play a good social game, is evidenced by how long she stuck around. Now, one other thing I want to touch on, among everything else with the game, was um, the OTEV competition, and it's something that was very dramatized, or dramaticized, or whatever, on television, was the incident with Kat, where you were climbing up, and she grabbed the rope to kind of propel herself up a little more. Um, How much did that really... I don't know, just your perspective on the whole situation, I guess. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I guess in some ways it was as dramatic as, as it was shown. We uh, we were the last two people, and whoever didn't make it up that uh, that ramp was, was out. Uh, we were both on the block, so it was important to both of us. And, man, we, it, was a, it was a battle. We, we both tried to grab that rope, slipped off of it. I was able to grab the rope before she was, but then she was like a gazelle running up that ramp and, and grabbing the rope ahead of me and made it up, and I was eliminated. I would expect no less from her or anyone else in that house. We we can be friends with each other. We can have relationships, but at the end of the day, each of us is playing our own game, and I think we were all picked because we're competitors, and I had zero problems with anything that Kat did. Uh, in grabbing that rope, and uh, more power to her, and congratulations to her for doing it. Uh, afterwards, she was so upset while she was sitting up there getting ready for the next round of play, and um, you know, there, there were two parts of that. One, just on a personal, emotional level, I don't want her to feel like she did anything wrong. I didn't want her feeling like she betrayed me, or, or that she was a horrible person, or a monster, all these things that she was throwing out. Uh, so I, I wanted to do everything I could to, to convince her that I had no issues with it. I understood it. I would have done the same thing, and she needed to go on. The other part of that was that both of us were on the block, and we had talked beforehand that really one of us at least needed to win that competition so one of us could get pulled off and, and maybe both of us could survive another week. So as upset as she was from a strategy standpoint, 
one point I was trying to get her calmed down because even though I was out of the competition, I still wanted her to win it. I wanted her to, to win that veto, pull herself off, and, and see if we couldn't both survive. So there was the emotional part of me not wanting her to feel like she'd done anything wrong, but also the strategic part of wanting her to calm down and, and be right in the head and ready to go forward and win this thing. Now, now looking back on everything that happened within the house, um, within it, and starting to kind of learn more of what happened from the outside perspective, who would you say was your favorite and or closest person within that house? Oh, it definitely had to be Nicole. Mm -hmm. Nicole, from from that very first week, uh, we started talking a little bit. I think we connected a little bit through Ovi because originally Ovi was my best friend and best bud in that house. Uh, and then he started talking to Nicole. We, we came together in this alliance of three. Uh, and then Nicole and I actually uh, agreed to a final two early, early in the game and saw that through almost to the very end. And uh, we we did everything we could to watch each other's back. You know, obviously we were playing our own game, but fortunately objectives for the most part from start to finish were, were similar. And so it would have to be Nicole and I, Lots of decisions made in that game, and, and some of them I think were good decisions, some were bad. I have regrets on some, others not. But aligning with Nicole is one decision that I have never regretted uh, at all, and I think it was the best decision I made in that whole season. Now, what is next for Cliff Hogg? Now you are out of Big Brother and you are back to everyday life. What is next? Yeah, I... Uh, I just have to, to decompress, readjust to, to life as just a, a regular person. Uh, unfortunately, because I was in the house for so long, I, I lost my job. So, so my priority right now is to, uh, to find new employment and make sure my family is taken care of. Long term, who knows? I've never been one to, to say no to a new adventures. So uh, we'll just see what happens. But at this point in time, I'm just happy being home, being with my wife and kids again and, and kind of being a free man. Now, if Big Brother calls you back and says season 22, season 23 in the future, would you go back on that show, or was that stint just enough for you to kind of be fulfilled with the show? Hey, how could you say no to something like that? I, I would I, I would certainly say yes, but I would say it while cringing as I thought about a, another 100 days in a house. <laughs> it was... I've told a lot of people that the first month of being in-house was, was fun. The last two months was a lot more of just a job, a grind. Uh, the stress level certainly went up as fewer people were around you in that house. Uh, and thinking about 100 days being away from family and locked down like that uh, certainly does create uh, a lot of fringe on my part thinking about it. But, yeah, how do you say no to, to an experience, an adventure like that? It would, it would be a lot of fun to do it again. And you are a petroleum engineer, correct? I am, yes. So you're going to seek more opportunities in that field or maybe be able to take an opportunity to try something you never tried before now that you uh, have an opportunity to explore new opportunities? Yeah, I, uh, I enjoy working in oil and gas, and I imagine I will, I will go back to it and, uh, and do that. I've talked about at some point in time, uh, somewhere down the road, I'd love to be a teacher and, and maybe do something like that as I get a little bit closer to retirement age. So I may look into that, but I think for right now I'll continue to stay with oil and gas as, as long as as long as the industry is doing well and there's employment opportunities in there. Well, Cliff, is there anything else you uh, would like to end this off with or mention before we uh, close off this episode of Big Brother, or not Big Brother, of uh, Ambitious? <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I had fun playing. Uh, I'm a extremely grateful for the opportunity to play the game. I, uh, I've told a lot of people inside the house and, and out that feel like I'm, I'm an imperfect man playing an imperfect game. Uh, as I mentioned to you, there there's some decisions I regret, others that I'm happy with. Uh, but the main thing I came in saying was that I was going to fight from day one until the day they drug me out of that house. I wasn't going to give anything less than 100%. Uh, I was going to do everything possible and never give up, and and I feel like I did that. And I walked walked out of the house with my head held high. I wish I could have made it to the very end, but making it to the final four, I am proud of how I played. That I came in with I think a target on my my back from the very first day because of my age, and 
and yet I found a path to navigate that got me a long way down the road. And no, I'm proud of, of the way I played uh, and the perseverance that I, I think I displayed, and uh, I, I love the experience. Well, Cliff, you did a damn good job in that house, and you're a good man. I'm very, very grateful that you took the time to come on this show. It was a lot of fun talking to you. It was kind of surreal to speak to someone who has been on my TV on uh, live feeds for the past three months, but uh, well, I'm very thankful you did this. And I still feel the same way, Dylan. At the rap party, I met Haley and JC and Tyler and all these people who have been on my TV that I've been such huge fans and suddenly here they are just regular people I'm getting a chance to talk to so I understand it completely and uh, yeah it is surreal but at the end of the day I'm just a guy regular old guy who just happened to get picked for this show and uh, it was it was quite the experience well Cliff it was a lot of fun having you on thank you so much for coming on uh, I will give you the opportunity to plug any of your social medias anything else you want to plug or just some closing remarks before we end this off uh, now, anyone who wants to shout out to me, ask me questions, you can find me on Twitter at Cliff underscore Hog, and on Instagram, I'm Cliff dot Hog. Uh, there are a few fake accounts out on Instagram, but, but my account is verified, so you should be able to find me, and always happy to answer questions and follow up if, if people want more details. Well, thank you very much, Cliff, for coming on the show. It was a great opportunity to sit down with you and discuss a lot of the stuff that uh, went on the season, and it was a lot of fun. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, thank you, Dylan, for the time. I certainly appreciate it. Once again, I want to thank Clifford Hogg for taking the time to come on Ambitious. It was a lot of fun to sit and chat with Cliff about his strategy and his game throughout the season and some of the um, situations that plagued the season. It was... A great opportunity, and I'm very thankful for Cliff coming on. Stay tuned for some more episodes throughout the coming weeks. We have some great content incoming, and it's some episodes I'm very proud of that are coming out soon. Um, reminder, you can follow us on at Ambitious Podcast on Instagram, at Ambitious with DP on Twitter, and you can come watch our episodes, well, not watch, listen to our episodes every week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week, ambitious listeners. Make it a great one.